Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew talking about your questions, sex, sexual health, relationships. We love talking to you about anything. And in February of 2024, we had big plans to talk about all of these external forces in our lives that impact our sexual selves and our relationship and our sexual health. And boy, did those forces interrupt us here at the (laughs) Sex Wrap. It's kind of wild. Now, primarily, the big force is my co-host. You all know her as Spring, won 30 million, that's three zero 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 dollars <laughs> in a criminal court case. Congratulations, Dr. Spring. Woo-hoo-hoo. That was the civil court case, but yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I've been fighting this case for over six years and... Um, my ex had pled guilty to posting intimate images and videos of me a couple of years ago in the criminal court case. And we finally have finished the civil case. And I couldn't believe it. The jury came back with this award of 30 million, which is really sending a message to anybody who has even considered posting an image or video of someone without their consent, that this is not something that our society allows or condones or thinks is okay in any way. And this was actually much more malicious than Spring is like describing it. These were personal images. Some of them were pretty innocuous, but they had Spring's face and then they would have a nasty comment about her and then they would have her phone number, her work address, her home address, her social media tags. And I remember, uh, like, you know, Spring and I have been working on the sex rap for seven years, and we've been friends for 20 years. I remember we were meeting twice a week for, you know, one to four hours, you know, over those two dates, for a period of six months to a year. And every single meeting, right, every single meeting, somebody would either tell Spring, oh, I found another one of these shared images, we need to contact mostly Tumblr to have it taken down. Or somebody would send Spring these really negative, nasty, derogatory messages about her as a person. And then they would try to blackmail her and demand sexual acts or demand pictures be sent to them directly. Um, And it was ongoing, right? So like, it wasn't just sharing intimate pictures, right? Sharing intimate pictures is something no one should ever do. We have a whole episode about like, how long should I share my ex's sexy pictures? You should never post someone's picture without permission. And these were pictures that were posted without permission with the intent to harm Spring's person, to intent the intent to harm Spring's personhood. They were trying to get Spring fired. And fortunately, at this point, Spring has survived and thrived through that trauma. She's a stronger, better, beautiful, more amazing person at the end of it all, knows more about herself and unfortunately the legal system. <laughs> but she set the precedent, like she was saying, so that Anybody out there who's trying to cause that kind of harm to another person knows that the legal system is going to say, absolutely not. This is not something that we as a society are going to stand up for. This is something that we as a society are going to say no so hard, right? Like, this is the hardest no possible. Like, you get everything spring, and then the people who attacked you 
are going to have this follow them the rest of their existence to remind them. And then everybody else who might think about doing it, right? This message is out that if I engage in this kind of behavior, then I too, the justice system will catch up to me. It might take five or six years, but the justice (laughs) system will catch up to me. So I really hope this serves as a loud, a loud message. And I hope it gets out there. And I know it is. I'll talk about that in a little bit too. To prevent other people from having to go through what you went through. I love you, Spring, and I'm sorry you went through it, but I'm really glad that you're the person who's the front line of Thank making you. this kind of change. Yeah. And, you know, Andrew was talking about, you know, different parts of the crime. So the images and videos of me were posted, which is illegal in itself, um, non-consensual image sharing. And then there's what's called doxing, the like sharing of private information. And a lot of people have been talking about this with me and they always get more angry about the doxing. And I just want to pause for a moment and talk about that because the doxing is like makes something physically unsafe for me. So when my private information is shared, then there's an extra component of this um, physical safety to be concerned about and harassment that can occur and did occur in my case quite extensively. But really, you know, the sharing of the intimate images and videos is a sexual assault. And I want to focus on that for a moment because whether or not someone doxes you, the sexual assault that occurs there is a real crime. And we have a lot of research to show that the impact of a cyber sexual assault or a physical sexual assault are the same on the mental and emotional impacts that it has on the survivor. And so we know that the sexual assault, whether it occurs online or in person, have these very similar impacts. And so I want to emphasize that, yes, the doxing is bad, but I want to stay with the actual sharing for a moment because people like almost gloss over it when they hear about the doxing and the sexual assault was by far the worst part. Like, yes, the harassment was bad, but the sexual assault that happened over and over that happened wherever I was, like I could never be safe. I could have a thousand people with me, like blocking me and holding me and I wouldn't be safe because it could happen at any moment wherever I was, and it would just be another sexual assault, and I would be raped again, and I would just be like sitting at the dinner table with my friends and just like sent into this shock and sobbing and feeling this actual assault happening in my body again. Because when someone shares a picture on the internet, right, and this goes for any picture, if you're sharing your own picture for something that you've done and you're proud of, or something that you're not proud of, or if you've pulled a prank, that picture exists forever, and it never goes away. And it can be shared and reshared and reshared, and it can be spread, and it can go viral. Same thing happens if you share somebody else's picture, right, especially without their consent, especially if it's an intimate picture, that picture exists forever. It's out there. Once it's on the internet, it's impossible to forever delete it, and it just continues potentially to spread. And a lot of the pictures that were shared about spring were purposefully put into spaces where people were collecting those photos to spread. 
like there are there are databases and areas on the internet where people collect those kind of non-consensual pictures because it's a fetish or they get off on it or they're trying to cause harm to women. And you know, that's something that a lot of my friends have talked to me about in the recent weeks since this court case has been over. Some of my friends, you know, didn't really know much about this because they weren't friends with me when it all started. And so I've been talking a lot about it with friends as well. And I've had a few friends just like get so confused, like, why would someone want to do this to you? And why why are there like strangers that want to like propagate it and harass you? Like what, what is wrong with these people? I've had so many friends just like get so confused over this, you know, and it is really mind boggling to, to think, you know, first of all, that someone I dated and trusted, um, we dated for like 11 months would like be so malicious and, and try to hurt me over and over and over. And then, you know, these other people that don't even know me that are sharing, that are harassing, that are demanding things of me, that are threatening me. Yeah, it is It is really hard to wrap your mind around because it's like you don't want to believe that people are like that. And it's so horrific. Touching on that, um, Spring, don't ever go to the comment section on any of the articles that have been posted about your $30 million award. Congratulations, $30 million. But if people want some insight onto why people are posting these images and why revenge pornography needs to be illegal and why we need these big $30 million uh, settlements, it's not a settlement. $30,000 award and penalty, right? Thirty. 30 million, million, not 30,000. Numbers, numbers. But when you read through those comments, which I've done, I kind of want to do an analysis and pull them all out and like these are the major themes. What you see is that these attacks are based mostly on broad societal influences around misogyny. There are so many comments and statements about hating women or no woman was worth it or the sex wasn't worth $30 million or all of these other like, you know, peripheral statements that weren't about the case or weren't about the harm. And it just shows societally that, that, and it was mostly men making them, right? That there are all of these loud messages that happen in our society that sort of penetrate people's minds that change the way that they think about women and it takes away their personhood and it takes away their agency. So if you want to see why people post it, there's a huge community that supports that kind of hatred. Right, because misogyny is just a kind of hatred that people have towards women. What happened to Spring was a kind of hatred that people have towards women, and then the ongoing crisis that we have with revenge pornography. And if you look in the comments, you can see it again. Is about broad systemic societal misogyny, and you know, I'm really sad that Spring had to take the brunt of it. Um, But I'm really glad once again that we're at a point societally where we're going to start making those changes. But I think we need to do upstream work. We need to talk to young people. We need to have elementary programming. We need to change movies and television. We need to change the way that dating works. We need to change the way that we form relationships with people. We got to get our heads out of this absurd men are from Mars, women are from Venus nonsense and humanize relationships. And anyway, I could go on and on about what we need to do to prevent this in the future. Yeah, it's hard sometimes to get into that mind of somebody who would do it. But if you need some help, 
everybody, New York Post, you can go there, you can go to the store, you can search $30 million settlement and go down to the comments and you can see exactly what's happening inside of the minds of the people who support harming others through non-consensual sharing of videos and then harming others by making their lives actually unsafe through doxing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I was really struck by, you know, I know how much this impacted me and I know how much it still impacts me six years later. But in the court case last week when we had the, like had to give testimony, I had two friends go take the stand And one of my friends, Preston, he talked about all of the ways that he was helping me try to get images taken down during this time, all of the searches he was doing and trying to find things before they spread and then having them removed and doing all these takedown requests and dealing with the big tech companies all the time. And then my friend Sarah took the stand and talked about how unsafe I felt during that time and how I was staying at her house a lot and how much she was supporting me and doing some of the police reports with me um, and supporting like this whole process. And both of them, when they were up there, cried. And I became hysterical when they were crying because I could see the impact that this had on my friends. Like it wasn't, this did not just impact me, you know, it impacted me and everyone in my life. It impacted all the people supporting me. It impacted all the people that loved me, that loved me. It impact, it still impacts people in my life today. You know, the trauma that I've endured through this and to really see that, to really see that in my friends six years later and how strongly it, it, impacted them that was like horrifying to me and really really shows you know like the reach of sexual assaults i mean first of all we love preston i've known preston for years i love you preston if you listen to this episode tons of love listeners imagine you know sarah Sarah. (laughs) sarah i love you too thank you for keeping spring safe i i I talked to spring in your apartment many 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 times sarah too (laughs) Uh, imagine that you're at a lovely dinner with your friend or you're at a yoga class with your friend and everything's growing great and everything's sparkly. And then something happens completely out of both of your control and it completely changes the direction to, oh my gosh, now we have to do a police report and we have to do a takedown request at like 16 different websites. And like, it is traumatic for all persons involved. And if you really love that person, if that person's your friend, you're going to be in it with them. Right. This is the kind of sexual assault that hits everybody around that person, too. So love to Preston, love to Sarah. But Mm -hmm. I want people to really understand, like, why someone would cry on the stand, because this wasn't just one incident. Right. This was literally hundreds or thousands, really, of incidents that went on over an extended period of time. And it caused immense harm to relationships and health and mental health and safety. Um, But like that, I mean, that's, that's the level of it. And I'm, I'm really, 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 really glad that the jury was able to see it through the same lens that I'm looking at and the same lens we're talking about with all of you today. Um, and I know we're going kind of like, this is kind of deep and it's kind of heavy, but I think it's really important material for us to talk about more. Like I want this episode to get out and I want more people to listen to it so they can understand the harms of sexual assault, but also understand the consequences for engaging in it 
today. Spring, if there's anything really special or any great, like, do you have any like sparking joy moments that have happened since this $30 million? Like, is there any, like, is there a happy ending to this kind of story? You know, I really wish I was getting $30 million. I, (laughs) you know, I would love to um, do so many great things with that money and support this, you know, this cause and survivors of cyber sexual assault in many ways. But what really has made me happy have been the moments from young women or even children of friends that have said things to me or parents that have said things on behalf of their children. One of my friends has a 13-year-old daughter that I'm close with. She lives in Sydney and Addie like sent me a message like just in awe of the verdict and being so proud of me and hearing from young women specifically, you know, like thanking me or um, talking about what that means to them. Those are the moments that I feel like, okay, I'm glad I did this. Like, those are some of the only moments, but, but those little bright um, lights just really mean so much to me. And everybody that has reached out to me, I mean, people that I don't know, you know, have been emailing me and finding my information and sending me messages of support and thanks. And it means a lot. It really means a lot because the trauma is still very real and going through the court case and talking to reporters about it makes it even more difficult. And I've been struggling with a lot of depression lately as a result. And so every single person who has thanked me and sent me a virtual hug or a comment or a message, I really appreciate. And I just want to say thank you to all of you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I want to also mention um, these kind of court cases are not a Judge Judy style thing where you walk into a courtroom and you may or may not have a lawyer and you may or may not have some time to talk, right? This case has been ongoing for more than five years. It has been hundreds of hours of lawyers. It has been many, many days in courts and court cases moving on. The vast majority of people in the United States and around the world who are victims, now survivors of this kind of uh, attack, right, this kind of crime, don't have the ability, don't have the money, don't have the time, don't have the ability. They don't want to relive the trauma again and again and again. And unfortunately, in our justice system, for justice to happen, Spring has had to relive this trauma on the stand, being questioned by lawyers and talking with all kinds of other people about it. So thank you, Spring, for for being brave, for taking six years of your life on top of everything else that we do, everything else that you do, for setting the stage for what I hope will be a slightly, slightly better tomorrow maybe a much better tomorrow, because this is an event in history, right? This is a major historical event when it comes to protecting people, and you did it. We're at the, we're at the point where maybe people, you know, maybe people in a couple of years won't have to worry about this, about their safety, about that assault that continues on, won't have to get on a stand and testify and produce records, because you did all that work. So thank you, Spring. I hope so. And 
You know, you already talked about, you know, this need for a cultural shift so that we're not just chasing the problem that we're getting in front of it. We need the cultural shift. You know, we talk all the time about comprehensive sex ed, starting young to teach people boundaries, consent, privacy, you know, all these things from a very young age. But you know, the tech companies also really need to do some work here because the tech companies are not being proactive at all. They have a lot of government protections that, you know, allow them to just say, you know, that's a user on my site. It's not my fault. Um, and that is, you know, I think a really terrible way to behave um, because so many people are using all these large platforms for so many different things and so many crimes are now happening on them. And I think we do need to band together as a society and say to the tech companies, this isn't okay. We are not okay with you allowing crime to proliferate and get stronger and grow on your platforms. And um, they really need to, you know, take some responsibility. I love that. Because so often, you know, when we're looking at crime, we look at look at the bottom, we look at the perpetrators, but we don't look at the systems that allow those crimes to happen. And I think additional accountability for all of the corporations and companies that let it perpetuate for years, something that happens next. So maybe in six more years, when we get some law changes, we'll be back for a 12-year update (laughs) on this, where many of the other people who allowed this to happen could also be held accountable. Uh, Well, Spring, I am super excited for you. Um, I'm glad that this is over. The trauma is not over, but the court case is over. Things are successful. There will never be $30 million. But we both know that when Spring sent me the text initially at the end of the court case, I was like, oh my God, ha, ha, oh well. But the precedent has been set because we need to protect everybody from crimes that create long-lasting trauma and negatively impact relationships and decrease our overall safety and sanity. And you've done it with a plum. You've been amazing from beginning to end. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting me along the way. It has been a journey. I wish I lived in the city. I could have been a little bit more directly supportive, (laughs) but we're still here and stronger than ever. So thank you for listening, listeners. This has been a very different kind of episode and up close and personal about the state of the world. Spring and I Mm -hmm. are sorry that we didn't get to do our planned February episodes but we're going to do them. We're just going to shuffle around the next three months of questions. So eventually we'll get there. But if you have any questions or follow up about this, or if you would like to send Spring a kind word about how she's protecting the world, we would love to hear from you. We are most active on Instagram. We are at the sex rap. That's rap with the W. You can send us a DM there. You can call us at 413IRAPIT and you can send us an email. We are the sex rap. Once again, rap with a W at gmail.com. But thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too... Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. 
a Sonic Universe. <laughs>